This is the Public News Service Daily Newscast, March 24, 2022. I'm Tramel Gomes. Madeleine Albright, America's first female Secretary of State, died yesterday of cancer. The feminist icon and mentor to thousands was 84. And it's Judge Katanji Brown Jackson's last day of Supreme Court confirmation hearings. Republican presidential hopefuls' race based political posturing is expected to continue. Here's some reaction reported by Suzanne Potter. Alabama State Representative Wandalyn Givon is president of the National Organization of Black Elected Legislative Women. She says the attacks are hard to watch but will fade away if and when Jackson is confirmed. This is a day that we never thought would happen. This is a dream deferred that ultimately came true. We feel this is our moment in time, and you can't take away someone's moment in time. Asked if the antagonism evident in the hearings will discourage young black women from choosing a life of public service, Gavon says it will only motivate more people to step forward, just as Anita Hill's experience at the Clarence Thomas confirmation hearings did in the 90s. Republican senators say their questions are simply meant to clarify Jackson's views and record. A wide range of groups representing various communities of color have announced support for President Joe Biden's nominee, including MALDEF, Voto Latino, the NAACP, and Asian Americans Advancing Justice. Wisconsin's Republican-controlled redistricting maps are considered among the nation's most gerrymandered, and that won't change with the U.S. Supreme Court's decision not to accept new maps based on the latest census figures. In New Hampshire, Governor Chris Sununu proposed a new map for congressional voting districts. He says he'll veto the state Senate's Republican-led version. Lily Bolke explains why. The New Hampshire General Court's proposed congressional map is uncompetitive. It would lock in races for the next 10 years, with a Republican in District 1 and a Democrat in District 2. Groups that advocate for fair maps say Sununu's proposal is better, although it has a higher population deviation between districts than normally allowed. Olivia Zink with Open Democracy says voters across party lines have made it clear, both in polling and in public hearings, they want fair and competitive maps. I think it's really important that lawmakers really look at these districts and say, are these in the best interest of the voters of our state and not in the best interest of what benefits our party? She adds, in addition to the general court's congressional map, the other voting district maps for the state House, state Senate, and executive council also lack competition. She urges the governor to veto those as well when they come to his desk. The Senate maps, I think, are the worst of all of the maps. It really gerrymanders for partisan gain. 16 senators will lean Republican districts. That's giving the Republican Party a supermajority in the New Hampshire Senate. This is PNS. President Biden addresses NATO countries in Brussels today after the U.S. government officially accused Russia of war crimes in Ukraine. At home with rising gas prices tied to the war, elected officials and some veterans are calling on the Biden administration to invoke the Defense Production Act to accelerate a clean energy transition. Joel Hicks is a Navy veteran and city council member in the borough of Carlisle, Virginia. During a news conference hosted by elected officials to protect America, Hicks said U.S. dependence on foreign oil is a threat to national security and to the planet. Only way to free democratic countries from the grip of autocratic oil producing nations is to accelerate this transition, to free ourselves from the corrupt nature that petrostates yield and wield, as we see quite dramatically in the last several weeks. Jonah Chester has more. The Production Act, which is employed during times of crisis, allows the federal government to expedite the manufacturing of certain goods. 
Earlier this week, Representative Richard Andrade, a Democrat from Phoenix, argued that while gas companies continue to profit over spiking gas prices, working families are feeling the pinch. When energy costs go up, who absorbs it? We do. Working families absorb the higher energy costs, and we're seeing that today. Andrade added that a quick transition could carry multiple benefits, from aiding Ukraine by permanently cutting off a major revenue source for Russia to creating new jobs for Americans across the country. Biden has previously said his clean energy initiatives will generate upwards of 10 million new jobs over the next several years. Julian Eshwat with the Consensus for American Security Network says developing America's clean energy infrastructure is a matter of national security. If we're able to really feed these diverse energy sources into our grid, it could insulate us from the fluctuations of fossil fuel prices and autocrats who wield their oil and gas reserves as weapons. The Biden administration has been loosening international steel and aluminum tariffs that aim to better support U.S. companies. But some Pennsylvania lawmakers want to ensure the changes don't hurt the state's steel industry. This from Emily Scott. In 2018, Section 232 of the Trade Expansion Act was used to impose 25% and 10% tariffs, respectively, on some steel and aluminum imports to stabilize domestic production. State Representative Frank Burns, who co-chairs the House Steel Caucus, says we should be cautious as the U.S. eases these tariffs on some countries. If we relax the Section 232 measures, foreign steel production in other countries that have little or no environmental regulations will stand to capture more market share and put our workers in jeopardy because they'll continue to dump cheap foreign steel into the United States. Pennsylvania's steel industry employs more than 34,000 people who earn $3.14 billion in wages and salaries annually. This is Tramel Gomes for Public News Service. Find our trust indicators at publicnewsservice.org.